Hi guys, this is Leslie, Wisdom Petals, and we're tripping down Leslie Street. Well, today we're going to talk about starting over. And we have a lot of people who face that starting over at 50 or 60 or you know 45, however they feel like they have to start over during their midlife. And they don't like the idea. Believe me, it's not really likable to figure out that, you know, your life is not what you want it to be. Okay. So it's not bringing you the happiness and the joy that you would want to have. Or you find yourself without the job that you depended on for years. The career that you've built is now gone. The marriage that you thought was going to last forever is now gone. The person you love is gone or what have you. Or maybe you lost them. Maybe they passed away. So now you feel like you are beginning again. It is a daunting task, especially when you're this age. I'm a 50-year-old woman, so you know, I can identify. It's hard to find things that you want to do and do them well when you're this age. It, is, it's, it can be something, some people give up. Some people like, get it. I don't even want to really try. But you got to try. You got to try. I talked to a young girl at my uh, job and she was like, you know, I'm so tired of this. I'm, I don't want to work for anyone anymore. And I feel her. I really do. She's like, you know, I, I need to be able to take care of my kids and not to be penalized for taking care of my children. And so I was like, okay, so, well, you know, what about going back to school? She's like, I tried that. And I got half of it done. And then, you know, suddenly I had to go back to work. She said, so between work, my kids, and then school, it was too much. She said it was too much. And so I decided not to go to school. I just decided to take care of my kids and go to work. You know, some things take precedence. And I do understand that, you know, when it comes down to paying your bills and being able to have a roof over you and your children's heads. Yes, I understand that. But it shouldn't be that way. She was being penalized because her kids got sick. She had to take off because they can go to daycare. And uh, our school and she took off to take care of them. And then she got sick. And so that meant extra time she had to be off from work because she had strep throat. She had things that are catchy, you know, and she was penalized for it. And so now she's facing termination because of her time off from work. And she's tired of being looked at as a number. And I understand that completely. There is things that we have to accomplish in this world. But this world 
is not very forgiving for those of us who have family or are sick or have something going on that keeps us from um, coming in and punching that clock and doing what the employer wants you to do. So, you know, like I told her, I said, well, darling, you went to school, you got half of it. Now you need to go and find out what all you need to finish. She wants to do taxes where she says that, uh, she, you know, she can make enough money during tax season to, you know, to have her be OK financially for the rest of the year. As long as she budgets it out. And I'm like, OK, that's great. That's great. You know. So but go find out what you need to finish and make a plan to do so. And because, you know, you can't deal with this anymore, you got to go do that. And I feel like that's what we got to do. Those of us that are older people who are finding ourselves at a transitional state and we are, you know, tired of being in this position where we're unhappy and we have to start over because things didn't work out the first 50 years of our lives. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it either didn't work out or it just fell apart. And I identify with it because I have never found what you would call my niche. You know, never found my niche at all. It was just always, you know, I kind of knew that I could be of help to people. Um, have, you know, uh, a certain amount of wisdom. If I say so myself, that's the reason why I call this wisdom pedals. But at the same time, I never knew how to carry it out. And finding this podcast, and I I owe this to my friend, um, Raquel, who is with uh, Real Talk with Raquel, who pointed this out. There's a podcast that you could do. And I was like, wow. When I got to doing it, it was just, you know. It was a beautiful thing to me. It's like, okay, I can do something that I like to do and I can speak on things that I know a little something about, I have some insight on, and maybe help somebody. You know, I'm not the smartest person in the world, but neither am I the dumbest, okay? So I want to help people, and this is something that I can do and I'm 50 when I'm finding it. You know, I have looked at my life, you know, over the years, and I've been quite frustrated <laughs> with who I am um, or what I've accomplished, I should say. I accomplished some good things. I have four, about four. I have three beautiful children. I have grandbabies. I, you know, I. I think I gave them the best raise that I could give them. You know, they're good people, you know. Um, not perfect people, but they're good people. You know, I think that's a great accomplishment. But, but, I've always had this creative side that was, I think, maybe sometimes a little extra. But, you know, that's just what makes up Leslie. <laughs> 
<laughs> so this is my thought, though. People who have reached the middle age, you know, you're beginning life anew. Don't give up. Yes, it's tragic. Yes, if you lost family, loved ones, if you lost your career, if you suddenly was went from having the money you needed to being completely broke, yes, that's jacked up. I'm not going to tell you it's not. But it's not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world. You know, this is just the time when you shed all the extra bullshit, for lack of a better word, and you start to see you for who you are. And that's the time that you have to look at yourself deeply. You got to examine yourself and decide on who you are. No one else can decide that for you. And don't compare yourself to anyone you know. They're not you. They're not you. They can't be you. You can't be them. So whatever they've done or didn't do, whatever uh, accomplishments or progress they've made, that's theirs. Hats off to them. And if they've never done anything, oh well. They need to examine themselves too. Take the time out to look at you and find out who you are. Do you, can you do this? Can you do that? Can you do this? Can you do that? Do you want this? What do you want? Make a plan. Lay it out. Sit there and I used to have this thing go pros and cons. You, you wrote the, you know, you had one side with the pros of what you want to do and the other side was the cons of what you want to do. Do that. Decide after after examining yourself, finding out who you are, decide what it is that you want to do. And love yourself enough to go do it. It's planning and it's follow through and it's consistency. I admit, I'm I can be the most inconsistent sister you ever want to meet in your life. <laughs> I admit it. I was uh, inconsistencies. That yes, oh my my. But, but I've never found anything that I love to do until now. You know, so this is something I'm thinking about. I'm even thinking about broadcasting school. Thinking about. So we'll see, you know, as far as the broadcasting school is concerned. But this is something that I think is good for me. Okay. So make a plan and look at life. And look at what it is that you want. Take the baby steps just to get yourself to where you're living a lifestyle that is comfortable. You know, making the choices and, t- and taking things and making things work to work out for you. No, is it easy? No, it ain't going to be easy. No, I didn't say that. 
So don't don't believe that lie. I'm not telling you it's going to be easy, but it's it will be self fulfilling. You know, when you're done, you're going to go, wow, I did that. You know, if you're waking up every day, still, you haven't left this world, the breath still flows through you, then you have a chance to go accomplish the things that you didn't, to go make yourself something that you want to be. So be encouraged. Don't get upset because life didn't work out the way you wanted to. And by this age, you're not where you thought you should be. Believe me, I understand. I understand. I'm talking to myself as much as I'm talking to you in this point. Because it's very... Um, what's a good word? It, it, you feel really bad when you can't make what you want work, work. When you can't, you know, say, okay, this is what I want to do and get out there and go do it. And it, and it works. After you've seen other people decide, this is what I want to do. And they go out there and they, you know, whatever it is, I don't know if they threw some magic powder on it. You know, sprinkle some fairy dust. I don't know what they have to do. But they accomplished <laughs> what it is that they wanted to accomplish. But the thing that is, like I said, inconsistency is my, you know, enemy. They were consistent a lot of times. Very consistent. And you got those that, you know, stuff kind of fell out the sky and landed in their lap. You know, that happens. If you're blessed enough to have that happen to you, you better utilize it and utilize it well. But if you're not one of those people like me, that means you need to put in the work. Make a plan. Take the experience you have as an older person who understands the world a whole hell of a lot better than that 25-year-old that you used to be. And put things in action. Get it to where you you have a place to live. And you can pay your bills. Okay, there. that's a level of satisfaction for those that maybe are starting from nothing. Okay? Make it to where everything, you got it all under control and build on there. If you're wanting something really fantastic or you're wanting super well, I don't know. You know, I don't know how to build that. But I'm not saying it can't be done. It can be done. There's a word called impossible. And people like to throw that word around a lot. Oh, it's impossible. You can't do that. You can't do that. It's impossible. Oh, it's impossible. There's no way I'm going to accomplish that. Well, you know, your perceptions have a lot to do with who you are. And as long as you feel like it will not work, then it won't. But you need to look at that word. And I talked about it in my other podcast called Impossible, Imperfectly, the Perfectly Imperfect Me, <laughs> something like that. 
I used it in, in that particular episode. And impossible. It's funny. If you break it down, it says, I'm possible. So, before you allow yourself to accept that something is impossible, think about the fact that you're possible. That what you decide to do is possible. It's just the energy you decide to give it. If you give it attention and time and consistency, you can accomplish anything. I don't care how old you are. As a woman who is 99 years old, it was a couple of years ago, she was still going, getting up every morning, going into her, her hair shop and doing hair. Every morning. Doing her all her old friend's hair. And if she's still living, she's probably still doing the same thing. So it doesn't matter that you're older. It's just about what you decide to do. It doesn't matter what chopped you down. It's about if you're going to get back up and make something work for you. You know, loving ourselves enough to say, okay, yes, that happened. Ooh, that happened. And I really, really, really wish it hadn't happened. But it did. But I'm not going to allow it to make me give up. So, make a plan. Follow through. Stay consistent. Examine your world. Find out who you are. And determine what it is you want to do according to the personality that you have. And this is another thing. Sometimes we have to get out of our comfort zone. Sometimes you just can't do the things that are just easy. Sometimes you got to let go and ride the roller coaster. And it's funny I would say that because I'm scared as hell. I'm scared as hell. <laughs> But sometimes you got to go ride the roller coaster, you know? Not because, you know, you want to go jump off, you know, cliffs and shit. I'm not saying that, but sometimes you got to go ride the roller coaster because it's going to put you in a position to accomplish what you want to accomplish. It's going to scare you, but it's just about fear. Not necessarily going to kill you. It'll scare you. But most of what holds us back majority of the time is fear. So get out of your compass out. Okay, guys. I hope you've heard some of this and some of this helps. You know, when we get to be 50 and older, you know, and thinking about starting over or trying to make something work for us. Sometimes that's just so much, so overwhelming that we just give up and don't care to do it. Are we half-assing things just to get by? 
and we don't have to. We are the older people in the world with the most thoughts and experience. And we know a lot of times what works and what doesn't for us personally. So utilize the information that you have. And go accomplish it. So we have met at the top of the block and we have tripped on down Leslie Street. I really, really hope that someone gets something from this. You know, my little wisdom <laughs> pedals. <laughs> so I'm dropping the pedal, the pedals. I'm hoping you guys get something from it. You know, because I really do love doing this, and I think that it's something that I could go forward with. You know. All right, then. I'll talk to you guys later, next episode. Okay? You guys take care. Shalom, darlings. My subject today is DeAndre Arnold. This is Wisdom Petals, tripping down Leslie Street, and I'm Leslie. Today, we are talking about um, a young man who has taken a stand at his school in Texas saying that he will not cut his locks because of suddenly his school having a um, rule or dress code about hair length. Um, he was told by his, by his school that he could, he would not be welcome in the school and neither could he graduate, walk across the stage, I should say, with his locks. And DeAndre Arnold is a, his father's a, from Trinidad. And he's been wearing locks since he was 12 years old. And this is his culture, you know. And being a black person, my daughter, she wore her locks for about 12 years, you know. I have a good friend and her daughter who wear locks themselves. Um, I've always had someone in my family, um, at least in the last 20 years, that's had locks. So it's like you just can't suddenly decide that someone cannot wear their hair. It's their hair. It's growing out of their head. And suddenly to say that they have to have their hair this length or that length, is um, discriminatory and it's and it's racist. You know, it's a lot of things going on, and the fact that they waited until his senior year to implement this rule when they know they have a child in that school who has dreadlocks who is about to walk across that stage for them to suddenly say, "You're you, the way you look is not acceptable." That's wrong. And I also read where they said that they would not be bullied into changing their rule. Well, you know, I wonder were they bullied into changing it to where he is not acceptable in the first in the first place by those that are in that system who find um, him and his hair distasteful. You know, I think that at this late date. At this point in time, 
Leave him alone. Allow him to graduate. He's put in the work to do so. Let him do so. Let him finish. He's going to be out of your hair in months' time. For you to suddenly decide that he's no longer acceptable, that tells me that you were sitting there finding a reason to give him a hard time. You know, DeAndre has said that he was not going to cut his hair and that he was looking for a different school to attend so that he could walk with his class. And I understand why he wants to do that. All children who go to public school, private school, look forward to the day that they graduate and they walk across that stage. To suddenly tell them that they cannot, suddenly, because of how they look, Something's wrong with that picture. Why come they didn't say something to him his 11th grade year? Why come they didn't say, look, you know, you're not going to be able to go to school here. You're not going to be able to uh, walk across the stage on graduation. You're not going to be able to do any of those things with hair like that. As long as your hair is below this this line and, and looks this particular way and all those things, you're not going to be able to go. It's not acceptable. But because they didn't tell him that, we know for a fact that it's a bullshit rule. You know, it's been a big to-do, I say, in the last 10 years um, to where I've heard, you know, so much stuff about our hair. There's even been... uh, at least two states that I've heard of that have actually passed a law that says that, you know, uh, black women, black people can't be discriminated against because of their hair styles. (laughs) Isn't that something? You know, so it's like the hair that grows out of their head, you know, however it grows out of their head, can't be discriminated against because of the hair. That is the most craziest shit I've heard. That's, I mean, no one will tell a white girl, white man, that their hair is unacceptable the way it grows out of their head. But we can be told that our hair is unacceptable the way it grows naturally out of our scalps. We have kinky, coily hair. Okay? It comes out and it does its own thing. And we have learned to control it, to tame it. We have the, that hair that is adaptable. We can make it straight and we can leave it kinky. We can make it curly. We can braid it up. We can twist it up. We can lock it. But that's just us maintaining. Even if we decided to leave it in a fro, that's us maintaining it. But for you of another nationality, ethnicity, hair texture to tell us that we cannot 
where our hair, the way it grows out of our head, is a large case of BS. You know, it's taken us a long time from slavery to re-embrace our hair. And we started it, we started embracing it in the 60s with the froze and the braids and the locks. But we're still told that it doesn't look good unless it's straight. Unless it looks like it's flowing like that of a white girl or a white man. That's unfair. We should not have to go have a law passed that says that no one can discriminate against us because our hair texture. That's not something that should be even discussed. That is the most silliest stuff I've ever heard. You know, I doubt very, very seriously if the young man in Texas will ever hear this podcast. But if you do, know that no one can tell you how to wear your hair. No one. That is your right as a human being to be able to wear your hair. And if that silly school doesn't want you to walk across their stage, let them have their damn stage. Let it fall in on them. I don't mean to wish no harm on nobody, but you can a stage can fall in without anybody on it. Go somewhere where you are welcomed. That they're not having an issue with your hair texture. They're not having an issue with your locks. And it could be down your back. And they don't care. I look at my hair. My hair is, um, I guess you would call it, eh, it's a, it's a, in the 4C, about 4C. That's, 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 that's not it. I would say my hair is probably a 4B, 4A, um, even maybe a 3, um, a 3C. Sometimes. <laughs> my hair sometimes can be a very different textures. I have the front of my hair, which I think is more weather beaten and it will come across forcey kinda of, sometimes. And uh the back of my head, funny enough, can come across very um three C. I have some very strange hair. I, I admit that. <laughs> it's some strange hair, but it's my hair. And I love it. I thank the most high for it. And I think we all should embrace how our hair is. You know, no matter if it's a 4C or what. Learn to deal with it. It's beautiful. It's your hair. All, all hair needs is love and attention. And to keep it moisturized, keep your scalp moisturized, make sure that everything's retaining what it needs to retain for it to grow. 
manipulate it, play with it. And funny enough, you know, people don't think about it, but the more you play with your hair, the you know, the more, you know, that it will grow. But, you know, you know, this is just my thoughts about DeAndre Arnold. I think it's real sickening that this can be happening. But, you know, I've heard of, like, stories, even outside of the black community, the Native Americans that were given a hard time for their sons coming in with really, really long hair. And we're told that he needed to cut his hair. Um, in a particular story, they tell him he had to cut his hair in order to be able to come to school. And he fought them. He fought them on it. And I believe it was ruled in his favor that he did not have to cut his hair. It's like, you know, you just can't start saying whose culture is right and whose culture is wrong. If a, if a person grows their hair and it has to do with their culture, the last thing you need to do is give that person a hard time about it. Allow them to retain what's theirs. I saw something that really angered me. It was a, a, a young man who was on the wrestling team, I believe it was, and I don't know why, but, you know, why they did this, but they pushed it to where they was cutting his locks off. At the meet. And he's and he's upset. There's no way in hell I wouldn't have sued that I couldn't that I would not have sued these people. You touching my child's head, you cutting off his hair? You have didn't have no authority to do that. I don't give a shit what nobody said. Unless you came to me. You know, came to me or his father. That would be the only way that would be acceptable. And I doubt if I would have done it unless, you know, something my son was like, was really okay with. Not just complying, but really okay with the whole thought of of someone cutting his hair. And they did it in such a crappy ass way. I tell you what, I am not a prejudiced person. I have sons who are half white. I have a half white grandson as well. So I don't see color the same way as maybe some people do. But I tell you, the ways some white people just come through and bulldoze over you, bulldoze over your culture, over what's good for you and your community and decide that it ain't good unless it's what the way they want it done. They really, really need to rethink that. They really do. Because it's really for the birds. And they got to realize that they don't run everything. They don't run everything. And it's just sad. That we have to remind them of that. It's sad. But I want to talk about that. DeAndre. Please. DeAndre Arnold. Please leave your hair alone. We'll find you a different place to march. I wish you. Wish you many good wishes. And blessings. 
and your future to come. All right, people. I hope you guys, you know, have a great evening. It is the Shabbat evening for me, and uh, I'm enjoying it. I'm probably going to wrap this up and head to bed because <laughs> I'm sleepy. But um, I just wanted to do that. So this was with some petals. And we are tripping down a Leslie Street. Please share. Please subscribe. And we would love feedback. So if you hear this podcast on Spotify or iRadio, or Apple Podcasts, however you, however you reach, however you get these, um, please share and like and give us some feedback. We really would enjoy that. Okay? Thank you for listening in. Shalom. Hello. This is Wisdom Petals, tripping down Leslie Street, and this is Leslie. I was wanting to come on here because I saw something here in the last few days that was pretty disturbing um, and, you know, sad, really, because we're talking about our people are, in, in even worse, you know, in my opinion, black women being thrown into a arena that promotes sexual predatory practices and grooming of children. There's a a um, celebrity who goes by the name of Lizzo. Lizzo is, I guess, some kind of singer-performer. But what I've noticed about her, which I don't notice very much about celebrities because I don't follow that so closely. But what I noticed about her is that she is um, an att- attention seeker. And even bad attention is better than no attention, if you get my meaning. The reason why I'm even talking about her is because, like I talked about, children and sexual predatory practices and uh, children being um, um, zoned in on because they want to promote this uh, pedophile life and they want to introduce children to sexuality you know, as a child gets older, they're going to automatically start to learn about sex and what their bodies can do and, you know, sexual attraction and, and all of those things. That's just the natural part of growing up, but it's not natural to have someone target a child who is an adult to introduce them prematurely into sex. And not just sex, um, way more than that. It's the warping of the mind. It's um, a way of making them twisted. In my opinion, for for lack of a better word, it's going to just twist the brain of the child. It's going to make them start to see 
sex in a way that they should not. Sex is a beautiful thing. It is something that brings a man and a woman together. It is for procreation. It is for oneness. It was given to us. By the most high. But we have a tendency to take sex and, and, and warp it. And, you know, you got people out there who who are really, 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 for the lack of a better word, just fucking strange. Okay? When it comes to, to sexuality. But adults, that's your business. I'm not speaking on you. What I am speaking on is children. There's an app out there called TikTok. And it's for young people, children, teenagers. Instead, though, you got a grown-ass woman on here simulating the act of fellatio on a children's app. Now, you know, they have promoted this this young woman as being, you know, uh, entertaining and um, talented and, you know, some kind of feminism. I'm not a feminist, so some kind of feminist um, um, propaganda, I guess. But it's like we have to really think. We got to think about what we're allowing our children to see. And we got to think about the people who are out here promoting certain things. I don't have a, I'm not PC. I'm not politically correct. I try to remind any of my listeners of this fact because it's true. I don't care if you don't like what I say. You can just hit stop and quit listening. But when we pass laws that, that gives people the ability to do things outside of the normal way of life. And when I say the normal way of life, it's because it takes a man and it takes a woman to come together to have a child. That is the normal way of life. People are born to one of two genders, male or female. That's the normal way of life. Now, we have hermaphrodites. But even with the hermaphrodite, if they go and do... Um, a real close examination, they'll find out that either the hermaphrodite has genitalia that says it's one way or the other inside. Then I'm sure there are those mutations that are completely strange, but that's a different story. Those are exceptions. Those are not the rule. Okay? So we ha- when it comes down to gender, there is no third gender, no matter what you think. No matter what people are trying to promote. We have a male and we have a female. And that makes up human beings. And they come together and they produce a child. Okay? But when we allow certain doors to be open. When we allow people to who are, who are the same sex to marry. To adopt children. To go in and, you know... <clears throat> And have children through surrogates and whatnot. And I, 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 don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about being a police state where 
we decide who can do what. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't want to say that because a lot of times when you, um, I'm sorry, my voice, just one second. <clears throat> a lot of times when we step on people's rights, we step on our own. So, but at the same time, when you say that it's okay for these two people to go and sit at their husband and husband and wife and wife and raise kids with that notion that this is okay. I think that's the problem. That's an issue. But see, the thing of it is, is this. On the, on the back of that LGBTQ, T, LGBTQT, I guess, propaganda and push, there's the P. Nobody wants to say that, you know, oh, no, no, no. Yes, it's there. It's always been there. It's just been tried to be quiet about it. And, you know, some don't want to claim it. But it's always been there. You got the pedophiles that are sitting there, and they've been and they've waited until the LGBTQ community got their rights, LGBTQT, however they call it, got their rights. You got gender, you got these transgender people out here who, from what I understand, could even have the birth certificate altered. So, if a man is wanting to date a woman. He can can't be sure, even by asking for a birth certificate, if that's actually a woman. He's got to go and possibly find her elementary school pictures. You know, find it where he can see that this is a little girl, you know, or this is a little boy. And it's sad that we have to ask those questions. And it's sad that suddenly, you know, if you can alter a birth certificate, that our rights are being taken taken away from us as straight human beings who don't want to date someone who is not straight, someone who is transgender. We don't want to date that type of person, but we don't have, we're getting our choices taken away from us. If I can't ask a man for his birth certificate and he produce an actual original birth certificate that says he's male and he has the right to go alter that, if he started out as female, he can suddenly say he was male the whole time. And I enter into a relationship with a guy who's not really a guy. That's jacked up. And you find out later on that that's a guy. I mean, that's a girl. And even worse, with a man, here he is, thinking he has a, a full-fledged woman and come because he didn't seen the birth certificate and come to find out that's not true. He's been laying up with a guy all this time. Thinking that he has a wife, a girlfriend. So those rights have been taken away from us heavily, heavily to where you need to see a birth certificate. And that ain't even quite true. But I would say them elementary school pictures would tell you a story, <laughs> especially for those that are those of us that are older. 
I don't know. They got these these new ones coming out now. They they transgender them when they three. You don't know what you're looking at, shit. This is a very sad, sad state of affairs. It's sad because we don't know what we're looking at anymore. And they have taken everything and they have fucking twisted it. I'm sorry, my language is terrible today. But it's been twisted badly. I fear for my grandchildren. Because, you know, I have a grandson. I, I really would hate for him to become a grown man to think that he's dating a woman and comes to find out that he's dating a guy. You don't know what that does to someone's psyche. And you're putting them, that person who is transgender and trying to pass themselves off as a full-fledged, the other sex, is actually putting themselves in complete moral danger. Because you don't know what the reaction of the person will be when they discover the truth about you. I think that if you want to live that lifestyle, living in complete truth. They say, I want to live in my truth. Well, don't lie about it. Don't lie about it because you're attracted to that person. Don't lie about it because you want to be known as a full woman. When you ass, when your ass ain't. When you was born with a dick. Be truthful about it. Tell the whole truth. Yes, I was born a boy. This is who I am. That should be the first thing out your mouth when you meet that person. If you they talking to you, you need to say, okay, I need to tell you right now. Because I ain't trying to get dead later. I am a man originally. I changed all my parts. I look like this now. I go by Sheila and I'm a woman. But I started out as a man. That should be the first thing out your mouth when you know you're talking to a straight man. And if you're a girl just and you look like a dude, that should be the first thing out your mouth talking to a straight woman. Never let that be laid out. Oh, well, you know. I, no, don't let them get to know you. Don't let them start having feelings for you or you getting strong feelings for them. That makes no sense. It makes no sense. When they're burying you in the ground, your family or anybody who loves you is going to wish you had told the truth. You're going to wish you told the truth when you're faced faced with that moral danger. I've gotten completely off track. But the thing of it is, is this. We have a, a young black woman who has been pumped up for bullshit reasons. And told that she stands for femininity. Maybe she does. I don't know. Like I said, I'm not a feminist. And is on a little children's app simulating fellatio. Personally, I think we need to find some big brahma mamas and go 
whoop her ass. Because she just believes that she's right. And she's okay. And she can do what she wants. Showing up at the at the Lakers game with her ass out. That's not something you can do. That's not something you should do. And it's not something that would be tolerated from a man. A man can't show up to some place like that with his, his sexual parts hanging out. Can't do that. He would have been rushed up out of there and taken to jail. We sit here and we talk about, you know, R. Kelly and, and stuff to my sexual predators. He, you know, y'all be throwing Bill Cosby in there. And I don't see Bill Cosby as a sexual predator. Did Bill Cosby cheat on his wife? Hell yeah. Did they settle that between them? Hell yeah. Him and his wife. Should he be behind bars? No. No, he shouldn't. They had no evidence to put him there. That's what was so sad about it. But here we got this little bitch out here with no clothes on at a family event. On TikTok. Acting like she's sucking some man's dick. Where kids could see. And that's okay. Take it whichever way you will. But this is my stance. And quit buying her music. Quit watching her shit. Make her stuff go down the fucking toilet. And anybody else. That does this same shit. I'm sad to call her a black woman. Okay. That's all I had to say about that one. I had to put that out. You know. I'm ready for anybody's feedback that got it. Okay. This is Wisdom Paddles. And we have met at the top of the block. And we tripped on down the street. Please share. Subscribe. I look forward to hearing from you. Have a good day. Hi, this is Wisdom Petals. Tripping down Leslie Street. And this is Leslie. And we're going to stop at the top of the block. And we're going to trip on down the street on this topic and the topic is uh, relationships um, as a single woman I can understand this topic very much so um, because nobody wants to be alone nobody wants to face life by themselves on a continual basis and, you know, some would say, well, you have family. Oh, yeah, I have family. I love my family, my children, my grandchildren, my mother and grandmother, who I'm blessed to still have in the land of living, uh, are all here around me. And I do appreciate that, and I love them very much. But they do not feel the spot that is missing. There's a void there. And 
I'm uh, I'm dealing with that too. You know, I've um, just had discussions with you know my friends and everything, and you know they've told me about their situations and you know um, meeting someone and becoming involved with them and thinking that things are moving forward, thinking that there's going to be a future, that um, this person that you you know, give a lot of your time and energy to whom you care for, love, is going to be the one. You have it set up in your mind that this person is it and they're going to be what you need and allow you to be what they need, you know. And funny enough, we find that that's not quite true. Um, majority of the time that's not quite sure and I find it weird personally that I can see women out here who at the drop of a hat you know they got somebody else now mind you is it a wise decision (laughs) that is a good you know question is it a wise decision or is it just them grabbing hold somebody because they don't want to be alone and uh, not wanting to be alone is not a good enough um, reason to grab a hold of someone and get married and, and put your lives together because if it's not in a firm foundation, you know, you will end up separating, or fighting a lot, divorcing, you know, and that is not, you know, what I want. I've already had a marriage and, and divorced and, you know, went through all of that trauma and that is not what I'm looking for. I'm also not looking to put a lot of time into someone who does not want to move forward, who um, finds it stressful to have that conversation with you, less than all, actually um, put that positive foot forward and make a move. You know, um, talking with, you know, other sisters and and friends and things like that and you know they're like you know most of these men and it doesn't matter the age even when they're older men don't always want to make that move and do the things that has been discussed the things that are expected they don't want to you know get into it so then you start to ask yourself well how long do you wait on someone to become ready some people say, oh, well, you know, you, you, you wait until it's, until it's time. And it's like, okay, you know, when you're 22, that's okay. You know, but when you become an older woman, you know, it's not, it's not so okay. It's time. Time is passing you by. So you don't want to sit around and wait on someone to um, suddenly decide that they want to be with you or to uh, jerk your chain, to dangle the carrot, you know. Because there's men out there to dangle the carrot. They, you know, oh, yeah, you know, I I feel about you. I love you. I want you around. You know, they dangling the carrot, you know. And then once you say, okay, well, let's do this, then they go, oh, wait a minute. Really? It's almost like they're dumbfounded that that you said yes, you know. And so... You end up with a guy who's really not serious about anything. Not you, you know, for for the for 
for a, the best answer. He's not serious about you. And that becomes heartbreak for for you, for the person who is trying to be with him, for the person who is looking to love this person. It becomes a heartbreak and it becomes troublesome. And no one wants to feel that way. You know, I mean, we hear it from our, our friends and, you know, I mean, after a while, you don't even want to have that discussion really about, you know, something like that because it is just, it becomes the same old tune over and over again. Someone's not doing me right. They don't want to have me in their world really. They, you know, they are treating me like I am unimportant and they don't love me. Well, you know, after a while, you got to just go ahead and embrace the fact that they don't love you. They don't want you around. They don't want to really be in your world. They, you know, like living on the edge of your world. And that's not good enough majority of the time for most women, myself included. You know, no one wants um, someone who just wants to stand at the threshold and never cross. You know, if that's what you want, then you need to go find somebody else who's ready for that, who only wants you to stay on the edge of their world and don't want you to invite you in. And, you know, it's funny because if they go find that girl, then they're, they're kind of upset because she doesn't really want them there. <laughs> no, I mean, some men wouldn't care. But then, you know, the, usually the ones that don't want to be in your world, they end up wanting to be in somebody else's world and they are keeping them on the outside, on the outside. Now, you stand out there by the hedges and look at the window. <laughs> So it's like you know it's a it's it's such a uh, such a messed up messed up environment to experience that that is not that is not where you want to be you know me personally I want a future I want to be married again you know I want to know what it feels like again to you know live with a man to love him to be loved by him and to um have him in my world on a daily basis um not just when he feels like it or not just when I feel like it but all the time that's what it's called you know that's that's a marriage i don't need um someone who doesn't want me there that really would prefer me not be there if that's the case then What's the part? What's the point? You know, if that's what you're looking for, I'm sure there's somebody out there that'll that'll give that to you. There's somebody out there that'll give, you know, these guys exactly what they want, at least exactly what they say they want. You know, but I'm looking for someone, and you know, friends of mine who are single are looking for someone who's ready to be there, who's ready to love them, ready to be loved by them, you know, take care of each other. You know, those things that make marriage so appealing. Marriage is work. Nobody says it's not work. You got to put some work in. You got to be ready for the ups and downs of marriage. You got to be ready for a lot. Most men act like they just don't want to deal with that. And it's funny, though, because the ones that do want to deal with all of that, usually they want, you know, you, either you're not attracted to them. And, you know, 
I said, well, you know, that's that's um, shallow of you. If you got somebody who who likes you, who wants to deal with you, and you're not attracted. Well, I mean, in one respect, okay. In another respect, I got to like what I'm looking at. I got to be ready to deal with whatever his situation is. All of those things come into play when we are dealing with starting a relationship. You know, uh, for me, uh, an ex-boyfriend of mine, I mean, I know, for the most part, I know the aspects of his life. And I was ready for that. And he knows the aspects of mine, but he's not ready for me. So I cannot continue to hold on to something like that. Friends, great, whatever. But relationship, no, they can't be because I need more than what they're willing to give, what he's willing to give me. And, you know, I find, you know, talking to, like I said, talking to other women that they are a lot of times in that same position of feeling like I've put in all this time and effort. I'm trying to love you and you don't love me back. Well, damn. Okay. So, you know, I'm, I, I suggest, and I'm doing this myself, taking steps back and allowing this person to just go on about their business and I go about mine you know we have to learn to take care of ourselves you know mentally emotionally spiritually and physically we got to learn to become well within ourselves that we don't need someone else and you know what's sad about that What's sad is that I am not one of those women that goes around and goes, I don't need a man. I don't need a man. I take care of my damn self, blah, blah, blah. I don't need a man. I'm not one of those. I am one of those women who believes that men definitely have a place in my world. Men... um. I should say a man definitely has a place in my world. Um, I look forward to that interaction and all of his aspects, you know, even the, even the downs. I, I look forward to that because I'll be in the downs with him, you know, and not without him. And that's what, you know, I, I think about that. But it's like I almost have to adopt the feeling or the uh, attitude of I don't need a man. Because I can't find one that wants to be needed, who wants to be in my world, who wants to love me, you know, without, you know, playing on my um, feelings and emotions and uh, not being what I need to be. You know, even if I was to, you know, it's like we have situ- certain situations, say me and me and my ex, certain situations that, you know, was presented to me that I was even considering, but because, you know, I can't even get him to sit down and have a conversation with me really about this where I get input because he says it stresses him out. So if you're stressed out, then it means you don't want to talk to me and it's not really serious about me being in your world. You really don't want that. That whole thing just scares you crazy. 
And if you're listening, I'm sure you heard this. So, <laughs> I'm sorry, it, it just vented a little bit. But yeah, you know, those things really, really irk me. It really does. And, but you know, that's okay. You know, that's just telling me, you know, that he's not the one. And ladies, if you're going through anything resembling this or anything that says, that gives you the inkling that this person really does not want to be in your world, then accept that. I'm accepting that this person that I love and wanted to be with is not the one for me. And it's not the best feeling in the world, but it is what it is. And, you know, I have to learn to accept it. And so, and just like that, the rest of us, rest, rest of you ladies that are dealing with that, you got to learn to accept it too. And let me say this, if there's men out there who are dealing with a woman who can't make up her mind and acts like she really doesn't want you there, you got to give it up. Leave her alone. Leave him alone. Let him live his life and find what he needs. Because it's obvious that he really don't need you. Real obvious. He would rather jerk you around than to be up front and just, you know. Or, you know, you, you walk away and they don't let you walk away, really. You know. It's like because you can't seem to get what you need from them. You want to give, but your whatever you want to give is not acceptable. And that's sad. And it's heartbreaking. And it, you know, I've cried a lot of tears over this. And I probably will cry some more. <laughs> Just being real, you know. But, you know, you just have to let go. So I think the theme of this episode of Wisdom Petals is letting go. Let go of it mentally. Let go of it emotionally. Let go of it spiritually. And let go of it physically. Train your mind to be over it. And you might cry a few days, but let go of it. Because it does you no good. It is not giving you anything to go on anymore. It's not giving you anything, so let go of it. You know? When they really want you, one thing I know about a man... If a man loves you and he wants you, there is nothing that will stand in his way of getting what he wants. Nothing. Not another woman, not any man that's in your life. He's going to move mountains to try to get to you. Not distance, not finances, nothing will keep him at bay other than you saying no leave me alone 
And sometimes it even takes them a while to accept that. So, ladies, gentlemen, sometimes it's just time to let go. Give it to the Most High. Pray about it. Release it. Allow yourself to breathe. Allow yourself to cry. But be done with it. Hey, this is Leslie. And we have tripped on down Leslie Street. And now we're at the bottom of the block. You guys, this is Wisdom Petals. Please share. Please um, subscribe. Please give me some feedback. I'm going to post this on my Facebook page. Um, I have a Facebook page for Wisdom Petals. So I'm going to post it there. So when you, if you are able to see Wisdom Petals, Trivenel Leslie Street um, on Facebook, please do like the page. Come through there and um, go ahead and uh, listen to the video. Share like whatever it is you do to get this out here i'm sure other people could enjoy some of the things that i say i'm wisdom paddle so there's got to be some wisdom coming through huh <laughs> i just want to share my thoughts pretty much so and if you like it please share it okay all right you guys thank you for listening shalom darlings <laughs>